Every day, I am getting one step closer to having another healthy baby, and Caraway Home is helping me do that. Their ceramic, naturally slick surface cookware allows you to cook with minimal butter. Uh, they're very easy to clean, just a little warm water, you wipe it down. And the best part is, is that Caraway products are made without any toxic materials like BFASs, BTFEs, and a bunch of other things like I can't even pronounce. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, right now, visit Caraway wayhome.com slash TSFS to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive to my Sarah Fraser Show listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash TSFS or use code TSFS at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. It's time for you to see what all the fuss is about, read about their five-star reviews and why so many TSFS fans buy Caraway Home. Order now. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Prove it! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. We have a brand new podcast. Hi, my friend. I am so excited for our guest today. Me too, because I wish he would have been in my life 10 years ago. So Things would have been massively different. I know. Don't you wish that you had met David Rubin when you were going through your very difficult divorce with Peter, a.k.a. Kane? Wouldn't it have, I think it would have been a game changer. Absolutely. Like, it takes a very special kind of lawyer to deal with a narcissist. And, And most are not equipped, at least... The ones I experienced. Uh, So look, you know, we're talking about David Rubin, who is a lawyer in Maryland, family lawyer, um, and longtime divorce, custody, alimony, but he's really become known for specializing in dealing with narcissistic partners, divorces involving very difficult people. And we found, we did not realize this was going to be such a big category for us, but we have found that family law attorneys and so many of you guys listening that follow us are going through divorces or you want to renegotiate alimony or child custody. And so we wanted to bring in another lawyer partner with this specialty because we really heard from you guys. And that man is David Rubin, who is joining us tonight, who is going to tell us all kinds of things about narcissists going through divorces, just advice. And of course, you can hire him 100%. We want you to hire him. He's an incredible attorney who's been in business for more than 20 years. So hi, David Rubin. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Natasha. How are you? Thank you for having me on here. Oh, thank you so much for being on. Like, I can't wait to hear all of your nuggets. I guess. Wisdom for narcissists. (laughs) What what would you like to know? Well, about me or about narcissists or in general? Just 
All of the above. Uh, well, I know Natasha's going to have a ton of questions, but I think you should kind of set this up for our listeners. How, you know, you okay. obviously have been a lawyer for a long time, which is terrific. Have. You have a I ton have. of experience in Maryland. I know people are going right. to ask, you You just handle cases in Maryland, including Montgomery County, Howard County, Baltimore. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I've been, I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland. I've been Maryland resident all my life. And I, you know, started practicing law in 1991. And mostly what I do is family law. My law firm does a lot of other things as well, but mostly what I do is family law. That's where I've spent my time for the most part in my career in the courtroom. And it's, you know, I, I live in Howard County. I have cases in Montgomery County, Prince George's County, Anne Arundel County, Baltimore County. I actually enjoy going all over the state. And I've just, you know, for over 30 years now, I know you said 20, over 30 years now, um, I'm old. I've just... Um, gotten the experience and gotten to the point where it's so second nature to me. I don't want to say I enjoy doing family law. Nobody ever wants to say that because it's not a great topic, but I've found that I've had a lot of success and my clients seem to be really, really happy over the last, I'd say five or six years, not a coincidence that someone famous came onto the scene and started talking to all of us in 2016. The concept of being a narcissist came, came out. People who were, there's always been narcissists, as, as far as I can tell in my readings. There's always been narcissists, of course, but it, people didn't understand what it was. And those who were narcissists, and maybe you've heard of what a covert narcissist is or an overt narcissist is. I mean, there are different kinds, of, and people have becoming overt narcissists. They're, they're out. They, they're, they're letting the world know how what a bad, terrible people they are because they think that's a good thing. And over the last four or five years, I get so many calls, and it's... I'm going to say women and I'm going to I'm going to talk about women for the most part because it's probably about 95%. I think that the statistics actually say those who have been um diagnosed formally or just generally um they're men. I mean it, it's it, it kind of makes sense if you if you understand what a narcissist is and why it would be the men with privilege and the feelings of power and of course insecurity. But mo- about 95% of the people um that are that are narcissists are men. So it's the women that call on a regular basis and, and over the last couple of years, even more than ever saying, Oh my God, what, what am I, what am I supposed to do? I, I'm living with a narcissist. I realize now because yeah. I've listened on podcasts or I've, I've looked on Facebook and I've read about it and these symptoms that this person is exhibiting. It's, it's, it's I, what do, how do I deal with this in a divorce custody situation? And I've dealt with many of these cases from beginning to beginning, meaning, you know, six months before they were considering separating up to it, helping them along during the divorce process. And there's many clients that I have that got divorced a couple of years ago, and I still communicate with them because they're co-parenting and it's not easy co-parenting with a narcissist. So that's where I'm coming from with my experience. So I've gotten to the point where I'm so comfortable with it. And I, I get the sense that I know, I'm not saying this to be you know, not humble or anything like that, but I know a lot about this more so than judges, because a lot of judges don't understand it and they've never been confronted with it. You know, they're there to tell the truth. I mean, to figure out who's telling the truth and not and apply the law and do the best they can. But this whole narcissism aspect of a custody divorce case is, is, is really unique and it's it takes a different kind of understanding. So I feel like I'm able to relay that to the judge um, in a good way. And it seems to be helping, you know, clients. So that's what I'm trying to do. Is such a special talent to have because the thing about narcissists is 
the majority of the time they're incredibly charming. They charm over the judge and everybody else thinking that right. they're super dad and right. she's just crazy and right. and all of that stuff and the gaslighting. How how are you able to do that? Able to let a judge see him for who he really is? Well, one, I, I tell you, I think I told you guys, I read I read a book on how to annihilate a narcissist in court, which was helpful. Um, so there are books on it. Is that, is that's that, literally the title? literally a book. How yeah, to annihilate us. a narcissist in court. <laughs> how to annihilate a narcissist in the family court. It's okay. written by Rachel Watts. And now she's not in Maryland, but I got that a couple of years ago. And I keep 30 of them in my office so that when people come in, I show it to them. And then the other books are, you know, co-parenting with a narcissist and co-parenting with a I toxic ex. <laughs> Which I are, have that one too. Just really good books, and you know, so I've, I've read those, and and more more importantly, I've had the experience. Um, and you said, how do I get that? How do I do that in court? How do you do it? Well, you you, you kind of most of these narcissistic men are my, you know, they're they're, they're not necessarily my age. Mostly thirties, forties, fifties. They're 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 going to act toward a I don't know how to say this. I just I just act tougher than they are. OK, I recognize that they're cowards and they're going to be you know, they they like to talk smack. They like to exaggerate. They like to lie. They like to intimidate. They like to bully. And, and there's no you know, I've gotten to the point where it just I, I explain to my client. None of those kind of people in real life actually win in court. Sometimes, well, sometimes they do. I don't want to say that. But mostly if you really go up and fight them in court. They're not going to win if you do it the right way. And you just have to be tough with these people in court. And I've learned how to cross-examine people. And, you know, it, it's the best feeling in the world for me. Um, you know, a, a woman may be with a man for 15, 20 years and never really have the say and never be able to confront him because if she says something to him, he's going to turn it around on her and make her think, make her think she's the crazy one. And the neighbors are going to think that she's the crazy one. Yeah. And the family's going to think she's the crazy one. And, the, and when they call me initially, they're like, but he's going to, but he says this and he says this, but he says, this is going to happen. And I always say in my first conversation, well, but he's a liar, right? Yeah. But he's, he's going to say this. I, I understand. But ultimately when we get to that trial and we go in front of a judge, if we have, we always try to settle cases and if we can settle cases because they back down, that's always good and best for the kids. But with a narcissist, it's really difficult to do that. And I often take the position, let's just go to trial. Let's just, and they freak out. They don't like that. They blame everything on me, the, the narcissist husband, um, but go to court. And then you just have to be tough and you have to explain it to the judge right off the bat. You can't back down to these people. And ultimately, I mean, I had a, an example of a case that I had a couple of years ago against a, a gentleman that was like that. I mean, we went for a year. My client was nervous and worried and scared. And I kept saying, and it, I can say it, but they don't really believe it until it happens. And even after it happens, it's hard to believe. But it's going to be OK. It's going to be OK. They're not the judge isn't going to believe him. I promise you the judge isn't going to believe him. And then we did it. We cross examined. And at the end of the day, the judge said, you know what, sir, I believed two things of what you said in the last three days. I believe that you were truthful about your name and that you love your children. That's it. Wow. And, and, and you know, we got what we wanted. And it, it was just that there for that client of mine who now knows going forward because believe me he's gonna a narcissist the next day they're gonna pretend like they won they're gonna tell the world they won regardless of what the paperwork says they're gonna oh, pretend yeah. like it but at least she knows now that you know 
all judges may not be that way and never know what's going to happen. But at least she knows that it's not her. That's the crazy one. And she seems validated. And, and that I, wow. I really, you know, I, that that's a positive thing about what I do. So in court, you just have to be strong with these people. And just you just can't let them bully you around. Natasha, was Kane ever cross-examined? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he just he came across. I mean, you know this. I mean, he was able to manipulate hundreds of thousands of listeners and everybody. Yeah, he came was... across as this loving dad who's just worried like he he made it look like he loved me and he was concerned about me because I was crazy but he'd do anything to get me help because they need their mother when all the while he actually just wanted to destroy me and take my children away because at the end of the day it's not about the kids with a narcissist that they necessarily want to be with them it's about winning and it's about controlling control i was gonna say it's about control and it's about the perception of the public especially with somebody like kane i would imagine i mean more so than anyone because he has a perception um yeah that that's all they care about they're not capable they're not capable of 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 parenting on a parent-child basis like most people are and it's it's unfortunate and you know there's it's unfortunate. I was going to say something, but I forgot what it was. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't no, I have an attorney oh, I that I was, was able to bring it out in court, that was able to show yeah. everybody his true colors. He just steamrolled yeah. right over my attorneys yeah. and everybody else. Yeah. And, and the judges have, you know, I started back in 1990. And when I started, the judges that were 50, 60, 70 years old, you know, they were still from they, they came up in the 50s, 60s, 70s, so way old school. And so as society progresses and as information gets out there, it's going to get better anyway. So hopefully in 20, 30 years, it's not going to be that way. But ju- the, most of the judges that have been appointed over the last 10, 15 years, in my experience, really good. You know, really good people in their 40s and they they understand it. You know, they watch reality TV. They, you know, they go on TikTok. They're judges just like anybody else. So it's it's going to get better. I mean, I it's it's hard, but it's going to get better. I know what I was going to tell you is that you, know, you probably didn't have this with Kane, but a big part of representation in really all divorce cases now is is text messages. You know, 20 years ago we didn't have the text messages as evidence. So it was just man and woman in their house behind closed doors, and the woman was 100% convinced. Well, they're going to believe him, or if it's he said, she said, then. That means it didn't happen, right? Well, there was no bruise, so that means it didn't happen, right? Because that's what the men told them. They said, there's no bruise. The judge isn't going to believe you. But now, and a lot of times, what I, what I help my clients with, what I think I do more so than, I mean, there may be other attorneys that do that. If they do, that's great. But what I know I do that helps is at the beginning of representation from the first contact, start texting and emailing and monitoring those texts and emails with the narcissistic spouse because they're going to get caught. Yeah, they always do. They always make mistakes. And if, you know, I'll be at home on, you know, on a Friday night at 10 o'clock or Friday night at six o'clock when there's an exchange for, for custody or something like that. And something comes up and the narcissistic ex or current text something and the client doesn't know how to respond. And oftentimes there's a way to respond that, when this case goes to court in six months, that's going to help you win the case. And no one would know how to do that unless you can see it on the other side. And that's why counsel is so important. Some people, I will say, some litigants, some clients 
have those instincts where they, they know how to do it and they, they do it right. And, it, and I don't have to help them very much, but that's very few because yeah. as I tell people yeah. often, this whole world of custody divorce system, that's not reality. That's not real life. Like I know that I don't know these kids and I don't love these kids. And you know what I'm saying? Like it's a whole system, but you have to learn to play within that system to try to get the best result possible. So that's what we try to help people do. Natasha, please jump in if you have a question, but I wanted to. No, I, I mean, I was just thinking like you almost, especially when with, with these women who, you know, you're meeting the narcissist for the first time, but they've been being brainwashed from them mm -hmm. for, you know, yep. 10 years or however many years. I would imagine to be a really good attorney, especially in this specialty, you almost have to be part therapist because- yes. You have to retrain these women of a new way of thinking and, and empowering them, which yes. to have an attorney that's able to do that as well. I mean, it takes heart is I try. Yeah, incredible. I mean, I try my best. I try my best. And and oftentimes it's what you, you've got. It's too much time. You've got to go to your therapist and talk about that. With them. <laughs> but it's it's therapy in the context of the co-parenting and, and, and getting them to understand, you know, divorce cases, I don't know if you remember doing interrogatories and requests for production of documents and perhaps depositions. And it's, it's so, from, from your perspective, you know, intimidating, it's so much information. So, you know, we've got to, we're handholders as well. And we have to say, look, this is how you do it. It's done in every case. You just have to follow the rules and you'll get the best result possible. And don't get me wrong. I don't win every case. You know, winning winning in a divorce case from a divorce lawyers is having your client walk out of the courtroom knowing that he or she was represented to the fullest, got their story out, and had the judge hopefully do something that seemed to be fair and reasonable. It doesn't mean you get everything you want. But if you can walk out with your head high and know you had good representation, then at least you, you can move on. And that, to me, because a lot of people will tell you, you should always settle a case. You should always go to mediation, collaborative law and all that stuff. And, and again, if two people can work out a case between themselves, that's always better. There's no question about that. But in my opinion, it's forced upon people too much with the system. Um, it's All cases shouldn't settle. A lot of cases shouldn't settle. They need to go in front of the judge because that guy who I just cross-examined for two hours and cried in front of me because he was so upset and he couldn't believe that he had to answer these questions. And he couldn't believe that the judge said to him, sir, you're going to answer because they don't have to do that at home. They don't, they can change the subject. They can turn it on you. They can do whatever it was. And if you can get the judge in the right position to say, sir, you're not asking him questions. You're not evading the questions. You need to answer the questions under oath. And if you can do that to somebody, then at least they know, they're not going to want to go through that anymore. Now, again, narcissists may forget about it the next day and think they won, but they know in the back of their head. And I think it helps for the future. And it's validating for the woman, too, to finally 100%. be able to have somebody be able to get this man to right. tell the truth or right. to answer the questions, not to right. Who else do his evade? usual right. charming and evading. You're the only right. one that can in make it, him do that. In a weird way, that's true. I mean, it's, it's, it is. It's just true. And the judge, ultimately, who will then mm -hmm. look at the man and say, sir, blah, 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 blah. Of course, you know, the man's going to say, well, it was my attorney's fault and the system's uh, fault. Yeah. Yeah. They always do that. But 
you know, we do the best we can. Can you tell us, okay, you know, we've talked a lot about narcissists on this show, but I think it's a good reminder because like Natasha mentioned earlier, women can be brainwashed to the point. It's like you, you do feel like, is it me? Am I the one? Maybe I'm the one causing this problem. For women that are listening to this, that are close to leaving their spouses or they, you know, they're trying to figure out, is the guy an asshole or is he a narcissist? What are some of the you know, typical characteristics of a guy that's displaying narcissism during a separation. Are there any sort of like red flags to look for? I call him the Nozempic Ben on Ozempic doctor. I'm talking about Dr. Applin and his wife who founded My Optimal Body. I am so happy about this. These are the first mindful eating-based doctors I have ever partnered with. They see patients nationwide, and they are seeing more patients who have been on Ozempic, and Ozempic has failed for them. What makes My Optimal Body so unique, and why am I endorsing them? It's because Dr. Applin actually looks at food additives, your, your addiction to food, your mental health. They do a whole look at you, including your gut health. Many of Dr. Applin's patients are working out, restricting their diets, and still gaining weight. Why is that? Because something's going on in your body and with your mind. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Be sure to tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment, plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. Again, that's MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. I mean, yes, yes. And, and you can Google and, and you know, signs of a narcissist and it's all the same. They're, they're all, that's Im- amazingly, they're all the same. And it's, I mean, they don't tell the truth about anything. They have this sense of uh, grandiosity. They think they're bigger and better than everybody else. They think they're privileged and everybody else is a piece of shit. You know, that's who they think they are and that's how they treat their wife. And, you know, why they're like that, I don't know. No, you know, there's research on that. Why are they like that? Is it because they were raised and they need to be validated now or whatever? Or is it just innate that some people are born that way? I don't know. They have the sense of entitlement. They need admiration. You know, you'll find a narcissist, usually the man, as soon as they break up with a woman, they're going to go get more supply, as they call it. <laughs> Natasha's going to say, I knew you're going to do that because you've heard that and I know that. They're going to go find their supply which means they need somebody else to feed upon, to get that sense of false entitlement. I mean, these are narcissists. They're going to bring their mother and their brother and their sister and their new girlfriend to court because they have to have this people around them at all times to let them know that they're the best person in the world and that the other person's crazy. So I'll be there with a client who will be by herself. So do I need to bring 12 people to a scheduling conference? No, you don't. Just come. It'll take five minutes. And then they'll walk in with like six different people, be holding hands with a new girlfriend. And she's like, how could he do that? It's okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, but that's just, that's who they are. Um, they don't, empathize. They, they have no lack mm. of empathy. They're not able to put themselves in the other person's shoes. So they have no concept of what their words mean to the person hearing the words, while the person with normal empathy and normal, you know, human characteristics is hearing all of it and believing it. And they gaslight. Um, they gaslight, which I imagine both of you know what gaslighting is. Um, it's oh. a term that's become, yes. come to the forefront. But, um, I mean, but- it's been around forever. But you you actually kind of like, yeah, where's the meaning from? I feel like you knew more about that. Yes, okay. yes. I don't know. Well, I mean, I looked it up. I was like, what is what is I mean, I understand gaslighting is, you know, the, the, the concept of gaslighting. And I think it's been used 
forever and, you know, wars and propaganda and basically convincing other people that they're the crazy ones by telling them things that they're doing that they're really not doing, but telling them over and over and over again to the point where they really think that they're the crazy ones. So I looked it up. It's like, what does Gaslight mean? Well, so it was a movie in 1948 called Gaslight. It was and really I, good. I watched it with my mom. <laughs> the, the, the first the one? The old one, the original one. I never one. watched it. But yeah. so, yeah, so that's what it is. And I all I did was read about it. You can probably tell me better than I, but apparently the, the, the husband in that case was going up to the attic or something like that on a regular basis. And he was turning on the gas light, I guess, so that he could um, he could look for things upstairs and then the, or in the attic and, and the wife. And then he would turn it off and the, he would come downstairs and the wife would say, why was the gas light on? And he would be like gas light wasn't on she's like yes it was because the lights in the house would go up or okay. go down whenever you know, he was doing that right mm -hmm. but so he then, would just make her think that she was crazy because he right. was really like going through her stuff and trying to steal from her and he, he had a plan right. up there but but at some point she thought she was the one that was crazy and that's how oh, yeah. people oh, wow. think when they come to me and i know natasha that's probably how it was for you you thought it was you um, if everybody's telling it to you, I mean, because it's hard to imagine that somebody would do that, especially the person that you fell in love with, right? When you were love bombed at the beginning, that's the other term, love bombed at the beginning. Um, you know, you, how could this person be doing that to me? That, that doesn't make any kind of sense that this person that I was in love with and did this for me and told me this, and we were the same person, we were on the same page and all of a sudden they're doing this. It must be me what's going on. And they do it over and over. And, you know, you've got these relationships for 15, 20, 30 years. You know, it's, it's very difficult, but yes. there is a way out. There is a way out and it's really difficult to do. But, you know, when you have kids, it's a, it's a tough decision for these, again, generally women, because they know, and I've had this recently, you know, they know the process of this divorce in the custody is going to be a nightmare, but they have to say, well, is it if I go through this for the next year or two and, and try to learn how to live with it and see where it is on the other side? Or am I going to live like this forever and have my kids exposed to this kind of toxic relationship for the next 15 years? Which one's better? And that's really hard to say. Nobody knows the answer to that. But every person in their own situation knows. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's fascinating in a horrific way. Okay, so you've talked about kind of narcissists and gaslighting, but you know, you you do have a specialty in handling difficult divorces. What can you give us some other examples of difficult divorces? Because I know there are so many women listening, and maybe they're like, you know, I don't know, I think he's just an asshole. I don't think he's a total narcissist. And like you said, there's kind of a you know, there's really a spectrum of varying degrees of narcissism. All cases, if you are not able to get along and make a decision, I mean, there's flat out custody cases, which every custody case, if you can't agree, is difficult in and of itself. And, you know, people have perceptions about the system that they hear from friends or family, and it's difficult. So, you know, all custody cases can be difficult. And ultimately, you know, as lawyers, we have to be trained at what's in the best interest of the children and how to best show a judge that while also keeping the client's cost as, as low as possible. I mean, that's one thing that we kind of pride ourselves on at our firm that we, we don't overcharge and we don't do work that is unnecessary. 
And we find that there are some firms that do that. I'm not going to name names and it's not all firms, but there are firms that do that. In we my know opinion. some. Natasha knows some. some. Yeah, I've been to a few. I'm just, I'm just saying. And, and Which I've, can I've, I just interrupt you and say like that is so important, ladies, yes. because a, a narcissist will use the legal system yeah. to continue to abuse you and to have a lawyer. Like some lawyers see that as a green light of here go my right. billable hours because I can go back and forth with this guy and his attorney all day long. So to have somebody that will not only protect you from a narcissist, but protect you from spending every penny you have is yeah. like gold. I yeah. can't even stress it enough. That's amazing, yeah. David. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm thinking of other cases that I did recently. Um, well, I've done a lot. I mean, I, I do them all the time, but we had one where people... I've got one now where it's a, it's a really big alimony case and, and alimony is really a, an interesting concept. And it's, it's, I don't want to say fun because none of it's fun because people are going through real life events, but when you're not dealing with children from our perspective, or at least as a lawyer, when there's no businesses involved, businesses are fine, but they get really complicated. And it's really difficult to deal with. So when you're dealing with alimony in terms of long-term marriages and short-term marriages and who caused the breakup of the marriage and how much, money people have in marital property and non-marital property. I mean, we do those kind of things all the time, but I've done a number of alimony cases recently. I have a termination of alimony case, a big alimony case coming up in Baltimore County. And it's, um, it, you know, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, the, the concept of should a spouse have to support a spouse after they've been married for a certain period of time, one perspective, you could say, no, you're, you're divorced now. Move on. You know, women, you can get jobs just like men these days. No, I need um, money. Is, I put in the years. No, you know, <laughs> I, I know. But but again, it's society is changing. So and, and the whole concept in custody cases where men come in and say they're just going to give custody to the woman, which is not true. And, you know, that kind of thing. It doesn't work like that. And so dealing with people's perceptions and trying to help them through that. Um, you know, like I say in the office every single day, because we, we do get a lot of new calls and, and we, we give free consultations and all of our calls. I mean, I, what I like to do is when somebody calls, whether it's a referral or it's from the Internet, you know, I like to sit down. And I talk to them for 15, 20 minutes and I can generally tell. And that's free. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do. I mean, I that's what I do. It's amazing. It's a um, great. Yeah, that's, that's not the norm for everybody. So no, I can tell not. within I can tell within 15, 20 minutes whether or not it's going to be a case that they're going to need a lawyer. They don't need a lawyer. They're just looking for 15 minutes of free advice. And some people say, and I get a kick out of this too. You I mean I'm actually trying to do a good thing? Oh my God, I just needed to hear that for 15 minutes. Thank you. Now I know what to do. Or I'll tell them, mm. this is what you need to do. You need to go to the courthouse and the circuit court from Montgomery County, at, you know, Rock 50, Rockville School, whatever their address is. And you need to go to the second floor in the South Tower and you need to go and you need to get this form. And you do it. And they're like, oh my God, I didn't know I could do that. And so that's that. Now, will they call me? And, you know, a lot of times people come in for their free consultations and I'll, they'll come and they won't retain me. And that's fine. They might choose another lawyer. But that's, you know, that's part of what we do. And I've been doing, I mean, that's the basis of my practice from starting when I was, you know, 28 and advertising in phone books and just giving free consultations for wow. family law cases and DUI cases and bankruptcy cases. And so it takes up a lot of time, but, you know, clients like it and they come back and, you know, I'm not rich. I'm not going to get rich doing it, but I'm able to pay my bills and that, <laughs> you know, that's fine. 
It's so, awesome. Yeah, so, you've, yeah, you've clearly worked out. You have an amazing business rating on your website. By the way, people can check out more of everything that you do that Ruben Law Firm does at mdlaws.com. Free consultation, as you mentioned. You can book an appointment right there. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely – I mean, I, I love the specialty of dealing with a difficult spouse because – oh. You know, it's it's hard. Natasha, I, I think her story comes to mind so much because, like, I, one example comes up that Kane had said to her, like, I think it was your car, right? You guys were leasing your vehicle, and he had said, oh, well, because we're separated, you know, I actually, my name is on the lease, so I get to keep the car. So, like, she had to surrender. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like things like that he that you yeah. – you think, oh. And I just believed him because yeah. I didn't know better. He came and took the car in the middle of the night with a certain co-host and with the baby seat still in the back seat because I was using the car. And he just took it in the middle of the night and was like, well, my name's on the lease. And I had no idea that yeah. that's not necessarily true. It happens all the time, every day. You mentioned before... Um, like who caused the breakup of the marriage? Does that factor in with alimony? That's a good question. Um, in Maryland, we have a statute that sets out the factors of alimony, okay? And, it, and it's 10 or 11 factors. And one of those 10 or 11 factors is cause of the breakup, cause of the breakup. And the law says that the judge can take that into consideration um, in a big way and think, make it so that it is an important factor to the judge in that particular case, or the judge can say, you know what, I don't know who caused the breakup or even if you caused the breakup, I don't care. That's got nothing to do with money. And and for the most part, it, it's not as big a deal. It's never as big a deal as people think it is. I had a case recently in Anne Arundel County where the guy allegedly, he, he did, he went out and had an affair. He got caught and they broke up, okay, because of that. And for two years of litigation, it was all about getting back at him, getting, they shared custody of the kids, they had a great relationship, getting back at him. The trial was about, he did this, bringing in his paramour and all this stuff. And in the, in the final analysis, it didn't matter to the judge because it, kids were fine and we were just dealing with money. And they were there's always two sides to the story anyway. So the answer is, yes, it is a factor for the court to consider, but it's ordinarily not as important as you think it's going to be. And, and, I, and I get people get very upset about how could, even from if I represent a man or a woman, but how could she asked me for alimony when she's the one that went out and have an affair because that's what our law says. It'll be up to a judge and it would be up to a judge. And, and usually these things, if you really think about them, make sense. Some that's interesting. I did. Yeah. I had no idea. I thought that that had nothing to do with that. And alimony was strictly based on numbers. Nope. It can be, it can be one of the factors is called. It can be subjective. Up. It hmm. can be, it can be. Most judges aren't going to give it too much weight, but there's a there's a case that I'm, I've read recently for the case that I have coming up in Baltimore County where a cert, uh, an appellate judge did a explanation of why it is important because to some extent it is a you know a promise that you're not going to do that and then that maybe that does play into the necessity to support that person down the road to some extent maybe it does it doesn't necessarily have to but it's interesting. David, you know, obviously you take male clients too. We do have some men that listen. Do. We don't want to I leave do. out the guys. So they Funny need enough. to- A couple. <laughs> women can be difficult too. Uh, maybe not necessarily always narcissists. But do you recommend, you know, if somebody is listening and they're thinking, you know, I, 
my spouse and I have kind of talked about divorce. We haven't really said if we're going to do it. But do you recommend that people should always kind of call you first before they sit their spouse down and say, we're like, I want out? Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's always good to consult an attorney first. So you kind of get your ducks in a row. It's it's always a good thing to call an attorney like me who's going to um, give you a free consultation and not going to push you to make things bad. But on a daily basis, I tell people, if they call for information or something like that, you're probably better off before lawyer, you know, what are my options? What can I do? Should I just talk to my husband or talk to my wife about this and try to work it out between us? Yes, that would be great. Do you should, and I send people to go to a mediator, a third person who's not going to be, you know, an advocate for either one of you do that first. Once you get me involved, I mean, I can give you advice on the side in secret or whatever, but once you, you know, put my run a credit card with my name on it, or send me, I mean, I had one recently where I was just consulting somebody and I think she sent me an email and her husband got into her email and she's like, he lost his shit. I was supposed to say bad words. He lost his shit. And now, you know, I don't know what's going on in her house right now. So we try to stay out because once we get in and again, things can blow up. And I also would say to people, it depends on who they're going to hire. Hopefully they'll hire somebody that's reasonable and is not really in it just to make money or just Mm. to blow things up and have a good idea. And again, most lawyers aren't like that. They're not. Most lawyers are good people and they're doing the best they can. Um, So, yeah, I mean, but it's always good. It can't hurt to consult a lawyer (laughs) or you approach it. It cannot hurt. And even if you pay for a consultation, I'm not saying lawyers who charge for a consultation of bad people by any means and that's fine i mean you but free is better free is probably better <laughs> free is, free is mean, better ladies uh, well, the people the people who you pay are going to tell you you can't get anything good for free you know you get what you pay for which in our wow. scenario cases you are the exception i like I, so but, i mean that know. would be my personal advice to women because i get i get so many messages on a daily basis from women that are still in the relationship, but are thinking of leaving. And they're terrified of making that phone call to a lawyer. Like, is this going to mean that I'm the one causing the breakup or am I going to upset him if he finds out or he's telling me that we don't need a lawyer, you know, we'll just handle it ourselves. Have you heard that? It's it's always. Oh yeah. But I mean, my personal advice would be absolutely call an attorney first. It cannot hurt. It can hurt if it blows up in your face that he finds out, but be smart. Call from your car, delete the call log, but be informed because when you're informed, you're empowered. I mean, I guess go to go to a doctor's office for an appointment before you decide to have surgery or go to a a mechanic to see if you need your brakes done before you get your brakes done or whatever. I'm just it's there's no No, you're exactly right. It's just we know this stuff only because, you know, I tell people every day I'm not smarter than anybody else. I just this is what I've been doing for 30 years. So this is what I know. So I'll do my best to answer your questions and represent you. If I need expertise in podcasts, then I'm going to call you. Yes, you know we, I mean? we know the well, deal. That might be, the, I don't know if that's the right phone call to me. <laughs> uh, I have one last question for you, David. What's, what is one mistake that people make um, when dealing with a narcissist? Um, certainly Natasha, you know, Natasha was obviously married to Kane. I worked with him and I think I always felt like I could reason with them. Well, in you can't reason, right. They engage. They engage when they shouldn't engage. That, that's the answer in terms of their personal relationship. And, what do you mean by that? That they well, engage when they shouldn't engage? So when a narcissist sends you text messages on a Friday and says, you know, I need you to do this or you're, you're the crazy one and you do this, 
I think from my experience, the only way to properly deal with somebody like that is to not engage with them. And it's, it's a long, I think it takes a long time to learn how to do that. And, and, and again, therapy is, in my opinion, is always a good thing too. Um, I've seen cases where therapists give people bad advice. So you got to be careful with that yeah. in terms of the therapist saying, do this in your divorce case. You got to be a little careful there. But, you know, therapists who has the information and knowledge of how to deal with these people. But it's the same way when I'm telling somebody how to respond to a text message. Don't engage. Be straightforward. This is, you know, if they insult you, you don't insult them back because then they turn on you and you look just as bad as them. So you could have mm -hmm. insulted somebody. You know, they insulted you 900 times and you insulted them four times. But in every everything that even goes up to the last moment of a trial, look, they both did it. It goes both ways. They're all they're they're both they're bad people on both sides. Right. That um, happened to me. That literally happened to me that the right. judge said, I think this is just a case of you two hate each other. And I wanted to sit there and be like. Out. No, that's not it. Like what he's so much worse than me, but it looked that way because yeah. I was so, upset and engaged back and forth. It's yeah, hard, that is that's it's, such it's, good it's advice. Impossible not, it's almost impossible not well, to. Well, nobody because... told me what you're saying right now. Nobody said you don't have to engage. You can just end the conversation because you'll never it, win. But it's not easy. I know. No, I mean, I, I, you know, I've never had to deal with it, but it's not. I can't imagine how hard it is because I've heard so many women talk about it. Um, David, we're going to do a Q&A with you coming up. So if people have any questions for David Rubin, of course, mdlaws.com, you can call, get a free consultation. You can DM uh, Natasha and me on Instagram um, at the Sarah Fraser Show, at Ms. Pink Monster. Um, and then I wanted you one more time because I think I was talking over you. What are the three books again? If, if you think you're married to a narcissist, you're getting ready to divorce a narcissist, maybe you're already divorced, but my God, you lived through what Natasha did and you want some tools. What are the three books you recommend? The, I mean, these are the ones that I know of. I'm sure there are many more that are good. Co-Parenting with a Narcissist, a guidebook for targeted parents by Dr. Cherie Steins, S-T-I-N-E-S. Um, How to Annihilate a Narcissist in the Family Court, which is better for lawyers, but it can't hurt for the client to read that as well so they understand how to behave on a witness stand and things like that. And then the other one is Co-Parenting with a Toxic X by Amy Baker. And Paul Fine. That's a what really do, good one. Yeah. What to do when your ex-spouse tries to turn the kids again. That's a whole concept mm. that we didn't even talk about when they, you know, parental alienation is all oh, you know, similar I, to narcissism, but it's we'll have to get that into that next thing. time because Make that's, just, that's a good question. It's the that's, worst. Okay, it's that's so great. Hard. That's a great topic. The next time we're we're totally uh, no, talking about it. It is, it is. And it's so hard. And then people hire psychiatrists and psychologists and they're biased and it's, it's, it's an imperfect, I mean, everybody has to understand that the family law system is an imperfect system. And I tell That's people, understatement I, I, of the year. One of the, one of the <laughs> things I tell people, and I like, you know, if everybody wants to hear this, you know, a lot of people come and they're like, they don't like the government, right? They don't like the government intruding in their lives. And I say to people, well, you guys couldn't work it out between, regardless of whose fault it was, you're, and they, and they complain about the court system. Why is the judge doing this? Why are they making me, you know, you court didn't call you. <laughs> One of you called the court or wrote something to the court and said, hey, I need help. And all those people are at the courthouse, including judges and clerks and everybody and even lawyers for the most part. We're just doing our jobs, trying to do the best we can. 
um, including the judges. They're real people. They do the best they can. So it, it's an imperfect, but it's an imperfect system. And that's why a lot of times we do want to settle for something that's not perfect, perhaps something that's in the middle. Um, but on the other hand, you know, sometimes we have to go to trial. Well, that's why you you need an attorney. I mean, I've oh, I love it. said this so many times that, that people are probably tired of hearing it, but it's so true. You need an attorney that you can trust, that you can put your faith in, that is going to represent you well, but also is going to protect your interest. But you need someone with experience with the yeah. system so they can yeah. protect you from going into all the pitfalls that I right. fell into, which right. I wish that, that, that right. one of them would have sat down and said, in my experience, this isn't is this isn't a good idea. Here's how we deal with somebody like Peter and could yeah. have guided me. And, and, and I'll say this too that you know it's hard. It's expensive, right? It's yes. expensive. So people who don't have you know I don't know how much you all spent on your lawyers or if you had the ability to spend it. So a lot of people have family or friends that are going to help them out. They use their credit cards, but mm. half the people don't. You know they make thirty or forty or fifty thousand dollars a year. They don't have the money to do that. So we try to help people out. I mean, we do pro bono cases every now and then. And I have other lawyers who work for me. In fact, my son works for me as one of my lawyers. But, you know, his hourly rate at this point is lower than mine because I've been doing it for 30 years and he's been doing it for three years. So there are certain cases that we'll take and I'll say, OK, well, I'm not going to be the one that does the case. I mean, you know, he's still going to do a great job. Um, but we're going to at least try to keep your fees at least lower than yeah. we otherwise oh, would. That's great. But it's so hard, especially when when they don't have money and they need a lawyer, it's easy to say you need a lawyer. And there's, there's very few, unless there's domestic violence, there's free services a lot, but it, there's not domestic violence. You know, it's not like a public defender in a criminal case where you get a free lawyer that's under the constitution. It doesn't work that way with family law cases. Um, so it's hard. And there's a lot of people that do it themselves and that's okay too. And a lot of people don't know they can do it themselves if they don't have money. A lot of people call, I haven't seen my kid in two years. Why not? I just, you know, uh, why, why not? Why didn't you go file a motion on your own? Why didn't you file for contempt? I didn't have any money for a lawyer. And, you know, we say you should have a lawyer. So some people, okay, but it's better than not, you know, go to the court. It's better than and there, nothing. And there are, and your listeners, I would want them to hear, there are self-help people in every courthouse that will help people file the papers on their own. A lot of people go there, they'll file the papers, they'll work this, you know, they'll work it through a little bit and then they'll try to save up money. And at the trial, they'll be able to hire a lawyer. And it's ideal if you have a lawyer from day one to the end, obviously. Yeah. But if it's not possible, there are better ways than to manage it than other ways. And so we try to help people with that too, at least pointing them in the right direction, even if they can't afford a lawyer. Oh my God. You can't go wrong with that free consultation. Right. David, thank we're we're really excited to partner with you because we're just excited to bring you to our audience. We know we've heard from our audience, you know, that obviously they're dealing with some very difficult spouses. So what mdlaws.com. Uh, people can make and get a free consultation right there. Find out more about you. You handle all cases in Maryland. So anywhere in the state of Maryland, if you are a Maryland resident. Um, you are fantastic. We're going to have you on more. We're going to do a Q&A next month. Um, is there any place else you want people to find you or follow you? Well, if you Google Ruben Law Firm, I should come up. Although my... my uh, R-E-U-B-E. My, uh, no, it's R-U-B-E-N. R-U-B-E-N. Not like okay. the sandwich. But my second cousin <laughs> has, a, has a firm called, he calls it Ruben too. So you might come in. A Ruben Law Firm or mdlaws.com or rubenlaw.com or just David L. Rubin, and it'll all come up. And we don't just do divorce. We do 
estate estate planning as well, which I would like to talk to you guys at some point about our estate planning, which I don't do personally, but I have two lawyers who work for me who do a lot of that and they're really good at it. Um, so I would love, I love just, to hear about I that. Just well, I mean, that's the thing. Will. Everybody needs that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just did I my need will to do a will. You got to. Oh. I just did. We just did ours here in the state of California. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. So we're we're open. We just opened up an office in Columbia. My main office is out toward Baltimore, but my my um we just opened up an office in Columbia, which is close to where I live, and we're going to concentrate on doing a lot of divorce as well, but estate planning out of Columbia and Montgomery County and Howard County and that kind of thing. So. Drop your questions well. for that. If you've got questions about you need a will, power of attorney, you need, you know, all that right. stuff, guardianship for your child. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay, David Rubin, we are loving okay. you. We thank are you. so thrilled. All right. Thank you, David. You're welcome. Thanks, I'll David. Talk to you guys later.